Welcome to the Nostalgia Test Podcast, the show where two longtime friends put their mainstream pop culture past to the ultimate test, the Nostalgia Test. I feel, like I, I feel like I've had two hours of sleep for the last five days. I hear you. So, all right. We, are you d- double check that you are? Yeah, we are. Okay. We're recording now. Boom. We're recording now. Here we go. Yep. I'm Dan Dissinger. I'm here in LA and I'm here with my friend and co-host Manny Coelho in New York. Manny, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hello, everybody. What's going on? Chilling over here in New York. Chill, And you're chilling because it is cold over there. Uh, today it did it snowed. It <laughs> snowed yesterday. A blizzard showed up, and then the sun came out. Um, oh I think the world is coming to an end, and we're all just denying it, or yeah. just like we're just getting this, the, the the signs. I'm waiting for toads to fall. Oh, and, uh, you, know, you got the hornets, the murder murder hornets. Oh, cannot you wait. Got, you know, punch every bee in the face. Oh my God! Yes, yes. That brings, us, that brings us to today's episode. I mean, we are looking at and returning to the 2003 album "Harmful If Swallowed" by the comedian Dane Cook. His first album. Just for a little background on Dane Cook for everybody from the Wikipedia page, Dane Cook is an American stand-up comedian and film actor. He's released five comedy albums: "Harmful If Swallowed," "Retaliation," "Vicious Circle." Rough Around the Edges, Live from Madison Square Garden, and Isolated Incident. In 2006, Retaliation became the highest charting comedy album in 28 years and went platinum. He performed an HBO special in the fall of 2006, Vicious Circle, a straight-to-DVD special titled Rough Around the Edges, which is included in the album the same name, and a Comedy Central special in 2009 titled Isolated Incidents. He is known for his use of observational, often vulgar, and sometimes dark comedy. And he is one of the first comedians to use a personal webpage in MySpace to build a large fan base. He was insanely popular and then it fell off the face of the planet. But this album really... Face of start. the planet. Dude, I mean, right? There's Dan with his notes, guys. Dan and his notes. <laughs> All the facts come from Dan. Facts. Yeah. Dude, uh, dude, talk about someone that was so like popular for a moment and how fast like it just went down you're talking like stardom was even dating jessica simpson and (laughs) was in a movie with her which was terrible um (laughs) and then gone yeah you know but there was also that like controversy of like him stealing jokes and stuff like that yeah they had the controversy between him and louis ck about you know dane cook stealing a lot of jokes from louis ck and then louis ck had him on his show and they they talked about it on the show and then also then dane cook's brother-in-law just stealing millions of dollars from him so that happened and he then had to send his own brother-in-law to jail so there's a lot that like you know happened and I went into a little Dane Cook hole last night looking at, yeah, looking at like YouTube clips of other comedians talking about him and stuff like that. But I think the one thing I want to just first approach is we chose to listen to this album what rather than watch the actual Comedy Central special. I mean, I didn't, li- I didn't watch it. I don't know if you went you back and watched it. No, oh, because this is what I wanted to talk about because I did both. Okay, so I do remember yeah. the special a lot. Now, the reason I only listened to it is because when 
we used to listen to a lot of comedy and we're going to talk about a lot of comedy on this podcast, but like when comedy was becoming bigger into my life, I remember I solely just listened to it most of the time, right? You buy albums when Tower Records was there and the DVDs and the specials were in the albums, but I really did a lot of listening to comedy. So that's how I mainly remember this Dane Cook special and this album. But I huh. do remember the special visually and like all the things he did on that too. And it was a big difference. I'll yeah. tell you that I don't remember why. I, I'm sure it was you that got me into this. Um, <laughs> oh, but God. I don't remember. I don't. My first encounter with him was the Comedy Central special. Yeah. So it was interesting to go and listen, listen to it. Mm-hmm. first uh, listen to this album other than watching the album yeah but i don't want to get too far ahead about wh- how i feel about you know i guess i could this is what this podcast is Pro- about i mean I like let it, it dude like, so basically uh, it's basically you know as everybody knows if you don't know dan cook he's a very physical comedian yeah. i would say uh, someone that you would compare him to nowadays it would be maniscalco uh, how do you pronounce that uh, um, yeah uh, sebastian maniscalco yes very funny. You can listen to him, but when you watch him, it mm. adds to the comedy. Yeah. The, the physical comedy is uh, definitely huge with Dane Cook. And I thought while I was listening to the jokes, mm. I distinctly remember how he told the jokes and what he was doing during the joke. And I could laugh a little bit even more because mm. I remember what his facial expressions and just like how like you want to talk about physical that guy dove onto the stage off the stage onto tables like yeah he wanted to be a rock star he mm. even opens up the Comedy Central one with like I'm on the drums like Dane Cook's <laughs> name's on the drums he wants he's on the table he's like yeah. half, he's wearing a tank top it was crazy his yeah. energy is insane and I saw him live oh um, yeah at Madison yeah. Square Garden did we see him twice? Because I saw him twice. Did you go both times to the theater? Did you see him at the theater and then the garden as well? Because I know we saw him at the garden garden. I saw him at the theater. Yeah. So I must have seen him twice. Yeah, you and I, because you and I, I remember that because we saw him at the theater. And then I think it had to be one a year later or something like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and selling was, out Madison, Madison Square he was, Garden. He was, yeah, the, that was insane. That yeah. was the full circle. That was that tour. His height of his popularity. The height of, of being very popular with college kids. Huge. Um, huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. But I mean, there are a lot of things that when, when I was like listening to this album and just remembering how much these jokes were part of like, they're so easy to remember and to retell. And they're so mm-hmm. easy to kind of like jump into. Now I listen to a lot of comedy or watch a lot of comedy and then comedy's just in our faces so much more. Comedians have podcasts. I mean, comedians are everywhere now, which is funny because that's the one thing like comedians, as I was watching some of these clips on YouTube, they didn't like about Dane Cook was that Dane mm-hmm. Cook was like everywhere. He was online. He was doing like lots of meet, meet and greets. He was doing all sorts of stuff, creating like a cult-like fan base online through MySpace when that was a thing. And mm-hmm. now that's all comedians do. Like comedians are all over the place, social media, YouTube, podcasting, Facebook, Instagram. And it's funny the backlash he got from that. Now, did he steal jokes? I don't know. How do you prove that? Sometimes it's tough because, yeah. you know, if you all grow up in, around the same time or something's happening, for instance, uh, I'm just going to kind of gear it towards my career now yeah. in my industry. 
we make a beer, we come up with a beer name. And sometimes yeah. we have the same name as a brewery down the block or uh, in the same area because you kind of, not that you copied from that person, but like you kind of live in the same area. So you just think like, oh, you know, Long Island, Gold Coast. Oh, Gold Coast IPA. Oh, Gold Coast IPA. <laughs> and then you're kind of arguing who came up with it first. Yeah. Somebody copied off somebody. We didn't copy off somebody. We both read The Great Gatsby. We both grew up in a town <laughs> with The Great Gatsby. So obviously it's in our brain. So like there are some jokes that happen yeah. that you even see comics nowadays that you're like, oh, I heard that joke, but I heard it differently. Now, if you're yeah. following the joke, work verbatim, okay, you're taking away that guy's yeah. joke. But how do you claim that you're the only one that knows how to joke around about a certain topic? Now, I'm sure there's going to be all these COVID-19 jokes. Oh, so my what, God. can't ever say another COVID-19 joke as a comic because one comic came up with it. You yeah. know, I get it if you have the same ingredients and you, your recipe is the same. Okay. But like the topic is going to be well known around the world. That's a little tough to say yeah. that oh he stole. I mean that's a that's a very harsh statement, and you got to be able to prove that. And then yeah. once you put that out there nowadays, that's major. You could ruin a whole person's career. Well, so, we saw that uh, happen with uh, Joe Rogan and Carlos Mencia. I mean, I think Joe Rogan yeah. was the only comedian to actually have the guts to like literally like call him out, get up on stage. Like, I mean, he literally did it. And I think that's the thing about Joe Rogan in this situation. Like he knew and he literally had the proof. So yeah. I think like do jokes subconsciously come into people's minds that they've heard? I think so. Are some comedians going to steal someone's material? I think it probably happens. But at the same time, that's a whole other discussion, right? But like yeah. with Dane Cook, what's funny about him that I remember, and as I was listening to the album and I could see him physically doing the jokes, there are no punchlines to his jokes because they're just yeah. like craziness like that's the thing i realized or like that's why listening to his album so weird when i first learned of him and i watched and i listened i was like i thought it was so funny now i'm like okay this is funny but like where's the punchline or like the storytelling it. it's like a lot of screaming and, and stuff like that you a know? lot of repeating a lot of <sighs> repeating oh he almost repeats a little too much where yeah. it's like okay that was funny then but now that i'm reading thinking about it now like you could have said it one last time. Yeah. It was like he was repeating to be a filler. Yeah. Again, this is one of his first albums. So he was training, I guess, too. One of his first know, albums. But uh, one I thing I just want people to understand is that Dane Cook was not an overnight success. Everyone was like, oh, my God, Dane Cook is so famous now. It's like he had been doing comedy since like 1990 or whatever. And so it, before Harmful of Swallow came out, that's like 13 years of comedy. Now, I don't know anything about being a stand-up comedian but 13 years is 13 years right like that's a long time that's a lot of time to like start comedy and then get to that point and then become famous and it's not like when you get famous you're gonna say no he came from a poor family all these things so there's a lot about Dane Cook's history that plays into him wanting to be as big as he possibly wanted to be we see that plus I mean you know, there's been a lot of big comedians, you know? So um, what were some of your thoughts as you were listening? Like, how are you feeling? Like, or what were the things you were thinking about? And did you enjoy, do you feel like as much as you used to enjoy? Or even when was the last time you even listened or heard or watched this? Okay, so one thing is, I haven't listened to it in a very long time, but I do think about this album and some of the jokes. I would say, quote, some of the jokes every once in a while. And I've been doing it since then. But yet, I don't really think about it. 
I don't think about – I don't really miss Dane Cook. I kind of got over him pretty quickly. Just the way his life went, it sucks. Now that you're saying the hole that you went into, that what happened and, like, yeah. there's other things that happened in celebrity. You know, you become this whole big thing. and I'm sure he wants to go back to just being a stand-up comedian, but then once you get to a certain level, then you have to be in sitcoms that sucked. And he probably has, like, bad choices being made by his agents or whatever it may be. But I, I do have to say – I do repeat Christ checks. I repeat um, punch a bee in the face. I, you know, I remember him doing the snake thing. Um, and then like the cheetah thing. So like a lot of it, yeah, I enjoy, but I don't ever think, oh, if I'm sitting around, I'm like, oh, why don't I listen to a comedy album? That doesn't come up. No. The, the only reason why I listen to him is because you were like, let's do an episode on it. So yeah. that's the only reason why. Weird, but yet I quote him mm. and of course Mitch Hedberg, just because like it is very observational, like the floor on the parking lot, the punch every bee in the face because people talk about bees and especially mm-hmm. recently with the stupid hornets. There's definitely things that very mainstream, very basic and he, he covered them and like, yeah. you know, or like, let me get my shoes. Where are my shoes? You know, with the car accident. <laughs> that so like, a good bit. Every time I ask, I look for my shoes, I say it that way. Where are my shoes? You know? Mm-hmm. So, yes. It's definitely in my brain. It's back here somewhere. You know? Yeah. I say it. I don't know if anybody, you know, my wife and I love Dane Cook together, and we would listen and watch him for a while. So, she knows the jokes that I'm making. I don't know if anybody else does, but I definitely do say his jokes or repeat this album specifically. Yeah. One thing is like how different the album is from the actual special that was on Comedy Central. There are jokes that aren't even on the CD. The the Christ checks, that's not on the CD. When he does the impersonation of the alien from the movie Alien, that's not on the CD, which is obvious because it's a visual. The thing on the cross, that's not on the album because that's a visual. The snake, that's a visual. There's like so many visual jokes that he does so much like physical comedy that wasn't on the album it was so weird to experience because even the album was physical so i was just like waiting you know like when he does a bit about the car accident and he's like uh hi uh and he's like i was uh thinking in the sign and all the all the physicality i mean i'm doing yeah, things in you know in a, in a oh, like okay. listening meeting yeah <laughs> like no one yeah. Me, but I'm sitting there like my arms and he's like uh and his like facial expressions just change over and over again when you hear it mm-hmm. it's like uh-huh. exactly and I think that album didn't work I mean I don't think yeah, it's tough I mean that's why it's called stand-up comedy um I think mm-hmm. a comedy album is different than stand-up comedy album an Adam Sandler comedy album is a different type of comedy album than a stand-up <laughs> comedy that's just being recorded because like yes. a lot of stand-up comedies that are physical, you need to watch it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Even the opening of the Comedy Central versus the album so is different. different. He walks in, he's crazy, he talks about like, let's hear it. And he's, yeah. he compares comics and rock stars. And then just like the alien part, the Christ checks, the you want to be a snake, the DMV, like all, oh. everything needed to be seen. Everything yeah. needed to be seen. You need to watch this album. Yeah. First I listened to it and then I watched it and I was like, even while I was listening to it, I'm like, no, this, we're missing Christ checks. We're missing the whole being Catholic and going to church. And oh, doing that. You know, I do the, that all the time. You know? And I was like, you need to see that to get the joke. Because yeah. if I said that to you, you'd be like, what did he do that everybody's laughing about? Yeah. You know, there's a thing Mitch Heiberg did 
when he did Mitch all together. And he was like, oh, the people who are listening to this, they didn't get what just happened because <laughs> something happened physically and yeah. he realized it was funny to those, those people because it was physical. And Mitch Hedberg wasn't a physical comic. So you could listen to no. Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. But he did one thing and he, he actually had to tell the album, like, you know, this wasn't yeah. for the, the CD joke. But Dane Cook is made for visual. Oh, like, yeah. Dude, he was laying on the floor. Yeah. Laying on the floor. And he's like, he even talked to the camera at one point. He's I like, remember oh, that. Hello. Yeah. This is my comedy special. Won't you join me? I, uh, you know, he's like, what are you doing, guys? Making black tar heroin? Like, yeah. he, it needed to be seen. Yeah. Uh, the jokes were good, but not unless you've seen him before. Like, yeah. if it was the first time you heard him, you'd really need to be into him. I don't it know if that would hard. grab you. It was hard just to listen to because I, I see what you're saying. Like, you would have to be really into him as a person. His personality without seeing him, I was just like, I don't know if I can keep going. You know, that whole story about when he was had the, who was sharing the, the house with the, his girlfriend, that's not on the album. That's in the special. It's weird that it's not in there. And given the why? finger, because that's not like on said, it. Yeah. Like, that's on the album, but it doesn't make sense because it's like you can't see what he's saying. You know what I mean? I, don't, I think he was not in the special because it's a Comedy Central special. I mean, you can't have the finger in the Comedy Central special. Oh, so like on my DVD, there's two cuts. There's the oh. one that aired, and then there's the one that didn't air. There's one that's an mm. uncut, unaired version. So even okay. that, like even when you do the Mitch Hedberg album, right? The Mitch Hedberg uh, album, like Mitch Altogether or whatever, there's two versions of the Comedy Central special. There's a 75-minute version that's like he goes, he goes all the way through, gets like no reactions from people, goes into old material, and then now that he's done, he's like, I'm going to do 25 more minutes or whatever, and he keeps going. And so yeah. like he does this whole thing, which is like other than that, one of the more genius like acts I've ever seen. But like Dane Cook, what I realized was, and I'll say my first point, had no punchlines, has no. zero punchlines. No. And it's no punchlines like, at all. Observational humor that was really weird. You know, when you hear it, you're just like, okay, yeah. Like, I didn't want to be a fireman. I wanted to be a spray man. And I'm like, yeah, that's funny. But no, like, I thought I, that was funny. He's like, I'll make, it, I'll make it look like rain. You felt like rain. So I thought that was funny because I was like, you're like when you're a kid, you're like, I'm the best at this. Right? But you needed to see it. Because it's like, that was his punchline. His punchline was the physicality of it. When you heard the joke and then you see it, yeah. that was his exclamation point on the joke. Let's move on. Yeah. Like, I'm going to act funny. I'm going to do this thing. And then I'm going to move on to the next joke. So yeah. that was his punchline. We were asking where his punchline is. His punchline was is in, in the physical act of that joke. So you really need to watch him to yeah. find this all, all together good. But see, like, but that's, that's the thing. Like, if I compared him to another physical comedian, like you said, like Sebastian Maniscalco, right? But I still think with Sebastian Maniscalco, when I hear him, it's funny. Because he does, he's got really good vocal inflection. Like, he does a joke about Vegas when the guy comes out with four Band-Aids on his foot. And he's like, what is under there? He's like, after the first Band-Aid, isn't it a hospital visit? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> there's a punchline there but with dane cook the punchline you're right it's like it's a physicality that can only take you so far i think as you think about where the actual punchline can go but also like 
what type of long lasting value that it's going to have as well. Right. Because it's like, it's not timeless. You can't have like a non punchline joke. That's timeless. Yeah. And then you also have to like, it's tough to think about this nowadays, but the medium changes all the time. So it's like, well, now you got people who just listen. There's people who like to watch. I mean, back then, I guess you didn't really think about it. It's a comedy central special. And then it's like, Oh, but it's also uh, an album that I can listen to. But the sales did well because he was really well liked visually. Oh, um, yeah. And his, I would have loved, I would love to go see him. He, you do well by watching him. You usually go see stand-up comedy. But again, I would not. I don't. Th- I don't know, man. It's tough to how I feel about this album. It's tough how I feel about him. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're saying. I think it was good in the time that it came out, but there's been so many more evolution in the physical comic that also knows how to tell a joke or keep an audience going, even if you didn't hear. Like you said, Sebastian is a perfect thing. Like watching Sebastian is an added bonus. (laughs) You still find certain jokes funny. There are certain jokes like when he does the company joke, you need to watch him do like the whole thing about his parents, right? That doesn't work unless you've seen him. But yeah. there are certain ones that I've seen that I'm like, oh, he didn't yeah. need to be seen for that joke. But yeah. Dean Cook's, man, you listen, watch this whole album and you, you listen to the album, then you watch it and you're like, I had to watch it just because I'm like, dude, at the end of the, the just listening to it, I was like, this is not that good. But then I'm like, <laughs> you know, dude, then but I'm like, yeah, oh, wait, let me watch it. And I was like, okay, this is good but only because the punchline is his physical acting. That's his, what it is. His comedy, and I, as you're saying this, I was thinking about this, his comedy is a you-had-to-be-there comedy. You had to be there. Yep. You had to no, be there to see it. Like, you can't just retell it. Like, it's just like, no. oh, bro, you had, to, you had to be there, bro. It's like when you go no. out, you get wasted, and something stupid happens, and then you try to retell it, and someone's looking at you like, Not as funny. Insane. You're like, nah, yeah, you had to be there, bro. Well, no, that's the, that's the ultimate thing about this album. It goes back to the, the whole thing about this podcast, and nostalgia test. Like, it <laughs> stuck there. It did not leave, in my opinion, where it was. And I actually, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I think I felt, I feel a little bit like, oh, it's great. I, like I said, I do repeat some of the jokes, but they're not, like, amazing jokes. They're just very, like, bleh. And only really works. Like you said, like you can't retell that joke unless you have the physical comic like in you to be able to retell it. I guess I could do it because I get very physical. But like, again, people even listening to us right now, they oh. wouldn't understand it unless they're watching us move our hands right now. Yeah, like, no. It was, it's like watching a New Yorker tell a joke. Like a lot of it is to do with the way they look. And yeah, yeah it does it. And maybe that's why he didn't last as long as... It, what's funny is like comparing him to other comedians we were into at that time, like Dane Cook and Mitch Hedberg were probably at that point, like the two biggest comedians we were like into, right? Yeah. You know, Mitch Hedberg, rest in peace, one of the greatest, in my opinion, greatest comedians, just greatest writers. I mean, unbelievable writer. His jokes, you know, when I heard them for the first time, I was like, this is the type of stuff that's going to be funny forever. And I was like, Dane Cook was that moment. You know when, like, Mike's Hard Lemonade was big? That's that's Dane Cook. Dane Cook is just like, yo, Mike's Hard Lemonade, this is great. A couple years later, it's like, I don't know, man. I think that thing's getting <laughs> <I> can't, <laughs> I can't 
Yeah, man. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. Dan Cook was good in college. No, that's it. He was great because it was like you didn't have to think. He was think a wine cooler. He was Zima. He was my <laughs> You didn't have to think about it. It was just like, oh, you know, like when he says punch you in the face. And then like it's yeah. hilarious, but it's like punch what in the face? Like, ah, you don't yeah. get it. It's like, yeah, like, well, why is it why is it funny? Like, I'll punch every bee in the face. And you're like, okay. There were jokes that were uncomfortable on the album. The one pick a number. I was like, why is this ending the album? Like, why is this ending this album before this bonus track? Like, this is... Yeah. The bonus track was a lot better than the last album. Well, the the bonus uh, track, apparently, as I'm looking up on my uh, little research here, before this version produced by Comedy Central Records came out, there was a different version of this album that was independently produced by Cook himself that contained a track uh, lampooning Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, rest in peace. This track was removed for the official CD DVD release to fill the gap in the missing track. The bonus track was added in this cut of the album. So I like the bonus track. That was one of the better jokes of all bro, the track. Thank God the bonus track existed because to me, as the album kept going and I just let it run, I didn't skip anything. I was just like, I really want to get to that bonus track because that's really one of the best stories. It's hilarious. Actually, that is a really funny story. And that's the manager one, right? Yeah, dude, that's the manager so, one. Uh, being, woke up in the, uh, being in the video store. Yeah. And then he woke up five hours late. <laughs> dude, the best story. It was hilarious. I that was a really good story. The, the last one was terrible. Pick a number, please, was terrible. Yeah, and then it's like you're ending on homophobia. Okay. Oh, yeah, he, he, used, whew, yeah. he used that word a lot. Uh, um, it was funny, again, how the world has changed on how you, I yeah. guess, I understand that all albums are just jokes and stuff, but yeah. it's just, wow. Yeah. But there was no reason for it. Like, that's what was so weird. The Pick a Number Please track, that made it, but the Steve Irwin track doesn't make it? Yeah. Come on. Like, there wasn't even a joke there. Like, no. there wasn't even he a didn't, joke. It ended, it, and he was just kind of like, I'm out. Like, he yeah. kind of just left as soon as... It like, was weird. It, it was weird. weird. It was, I've never heard Usually it. you end with a huge laugh, and he just kind of just, like, walked away. But you see... He ends with a huge laugh on the DVD because he does the finger thing. And that's yes. how he ends the special by like doing the finger bit and it being crazy. And, yeah. then, and then he asks like how everyone is feeling or something, I think at that point or whatever he does. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that ends like on such a high note visually. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he goes nuts. Yeah, because that's the yeah, isn't that the one where he shows like how people fight or something like that? Doesn't he do a whole bit about different ethnicities fighting? Yeah, I Dude, think he, right. It's awesome. He does like the shoes, the girl in the shoes dancing with the like, fuck guys, fuck guys. Oh you my know, god! Like, you know, the, the jokes are there are certain ones that are funny, but again, he's like you'll never hear of a guy like let's go just dance, let's go dance, let's but, stand in a circle in front of our our bags and dance. You know, like. It was funny. But, that part was funny because watch it's his voice. There are things about his yeah. voice that I love when he's like, hey, hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. He's like, yeah. Tonight, he's tonight, like, tonight what, I got to dance, bro. No girls tonight. No chicks. Chicks? No, no. I got to dance. Like, Let's and dance. It was just the way he does things. Like, his voice was really great. But a lot of the times it was on the, like, listening just to the album just didn't, just didn't cut it. Did you have any high points on the listening to the album that you thought, like, yes, this right here is why I like this album. I used to listen to it. We both agree the bonus track was just, like, to me, the highlight of the actual album album, I think. 
you need to listen to the bonus track. Uh, I agree. I totally agree. BK Lounge is funny. BK um, Lounge is funny. It's classic. The, uh, that's a classic one. The car accident one, Wear My Shoes, obviously. Oh, yeah. Really funny. Punch mm-hmm. the Shark in the Face, the okay, shark that story. Was, <laughs> um, that was, that was that pretty was. funny. I want to da- just want to dance. Really funny, both visually and I, I yeah. kind of got it. Uh, on, and then the, the bonus track. Other than that, all okay. Like Don't Tickle Me was funny. It didn't hit me the same as like when I like first heard it. But I know yeah. visually the Don't Tickle Me joke is ridiculous. But I feel like comedy has to be able to live audibly and visually. Even though Mitch Hedberg wasn't a physical comedian, because he's so understated, he was doing something physical at the same time because he just like would stand there like, <laughs> like just this guy standing on the stage. There was something being done that in the not anything happening and we're like yeah. Dane Cook, everything is happening. But like to listen to it is almost like I have no clue if I'm enjoying this anymore. I felt like I, I don't to, know. I feel like I need to drink like a natty light in order to like really like that. I was just like, do I want to do that right now? <laughs> I I struggled through it, so unfortunately, oh, uh, I guess this is it. This is it. Did it pass your test? I mean, the nostalgia I, test. I mean, I, I guess what I'll say is this: It's been a long time since I've listened to this album. I guess because I'm listening to so many other things, like comedy-wise, but also podcasts as well. And then I started getting into other comedians like Bill Hicks and. Uh, uh, after Mitch Hedberg and like uh, I was listening to a lot of Bill Hicks and then uh, Bill Burr and oh, Louis, yeah. you know Lewis Black and you know you know Brian Regan. I mean, there's so many other comedians I'm listening to right now and like Kathy Madigan and stuff. But like <sighs> Dane Cook, I feel like for me will always have that special nostalgic place. I think it doesn't pass the nostalgia test in a way that it's going to be good. It is just nostalgic to me because it was like my like introduction. Other than like the Steve Martin album, which my parents had on vinyl, Get Small, which is like unbelievable. Other than that, it was a comedian that was of my time that I was like, this guy is like, the, is my comedian. Like, this is a comedian from my time. It, it, and then seeing him live and going like, I'm going to this guy to see him live. It was the first large like live, you know, comedy event I've ever been to. So I feel like it fails the nostalgia test and it's being something that I would say I would only listen to it in for nostalgia reasons. Watching it, maybe, but even that too, I don't have the pull to do that on a regular basis or to tell people you have to watch this. Um, I think it's just a nostalgic type of moment. It's very of the early 2000s, and I don't think it can get past that part. So I'd say, no, it doesn't pass the nostalgia test. It is, but it also doesn't fail both tests like... Uh, take off your pants and jacket i think it still has hmm. <laughs> it still has replay value in the nostalgic sense but not okay. in the regular sense yeah i agree i i definitely don't think it lasted um it's stuck that back there to remind us of the time and just remind that we did used to think it was funny or i used to think it was funny um i could laugh at certain things and i guess i'm more laughing about the fact that i thought that was funny back then uh, I definitely was surprised on how I didn't find it as funny as I thought I was going to. And right. I was like, oh, I'm going to crack up and I'm going to love it. And yeah. I'm just like, no, nah, no. Nah. And maybe yeah. that's why you don't really hear them. I think, you know, comics that stand the test of time are yeah. ones that are amazing. 
we could be totally wrong about Mitch Hedberg. I don't think we are. Um, <laughs> I do not think. We do that. No. I think when we do that episode, I, I, I already know what my answers are going to be, but I still can't wait to put it to the test. But yeah, yeah with this one, I think it just kind of lives in the, uh, the year that it came out. It lives yeah. in that time. Yeah. Three and, years um, after we graduated high school. That's what it lives in. Yeah. Which, if I went back to that time, three years before, after I graduated high school, I think I could see why I totally enjoyed Dane Cook for a lot of different reasons. Absolutely. You know, sitting in a Tower Records parking lot till like midnight, just trying to like hang out on Long Island because in the suburbs, what the hell else are you going to do? Yeah, it definitely has that mark of the early 2000s and my period of my, of my life, I feel like. And it just won't get past there, I think. No, I won't. I definitely think it's uh, yeah. it stays there. Yeah. Uh, but if you are going to listen, just watch it. I think you could, yeah. uh, you'd appreciate it more if you watch it. So if anybody who's out here yeah. listening to us and you do want to check it out, just because, watch the album. Do not yeah. listen to it because <laughs> you're just going to waste your time. Because yeah. you, if you've never seen Dane Cook, other than being in the, the worst sitcoms ever and rom-coms, you need to just watch this album. It, yeah. it, it's good then, but it's only going to get, it's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to become a fan of his. You're just going to no. be like, oh, it was good. I think if you watch Harmful of Swallowed, it definitely would be something to kind of consider watching, but I still think it's a very nostalgic early 2000s thing. You know, just the, the delivery mm-hmm. of the jokes, the way he is, the, the everything about the early 2000s, I feel like it encapsulates, like he encapsulates in everything he did. And I don't think mm-hmm. like you can get out of that. And and actually, to tell you the truth, and like I don't know if I would ever revisit much of his other work after that too. Even though like it was so popular, I don't know. There are moments on those albums that I'm just like, would I go back and listen to Retaliation and stuff like that? Because I have a lot of I have that too. I think somewhere I don't know because I don't really even remember a lot of what he even did at the live performance. But he did have that crazy HBO special, which made him even more popular. Not HBO special, he had like a series or something where he was traveling with the people from the tour, I think, right? Wasn't there some sort of tour thing he did on HBO? Yeah, Gary Goldman was in that and stuff. Oh my God. He did an HBO special. Yeah. He did some crazy, he made them do some crazy things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to check out Dane Cook, Make sure you're watching him. It definitely will make you understand what was so good about him, but I don't think it's something that I would say gets out of that nostalgic early 2000s space for me. Nope. Well, everybody, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to another episode of Nostalgia Test. We uh, look forward to another episode coming soon. Manny, any final words? Punch every bee in the face. There you go, everybody. Punch every bee in the face. That's a hope. And Christ checks. Start Christ. your day the only way. Everybody, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to the Nostalgia Test podcast to know when new episodes drop. Don't forget to leave us five stars and a positive review so more people can find the podcast. Share your thoughts and memories on today's topic on our Twitter, at Nostalgia Test, and on Instagram, at The Nostalgia Test. Tune in next time because you never know what pop culture will pop up on The Nostalgia Test.